You're listening to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Mike knows like so, like the biggest names in comedy. Dude, you gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He like has like the biggest names on uh, in comedy on his on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that. The best po- panel pod on the internet. This is what the show's about, Nick. Did we have our finger on the pulse of America's uh, trends. What are the topics, Mike? What are the topics? This whole day can suck a thousand fucking dicks. Yeah, boy. Welcome to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. From Muscatine to the Silver Screen. Wait, it's a podcast? From Muscatine, Iowa to your AirPods? Here's Mike. I'm Mike Bridenstine. Shout out Rick Gonzalez. Shout out Bad Planet. Shout out to my unpaid announcer, Tony Tone Logansoul. Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. This is episode 197, which means episode 200 is less than a month away. If you want to be on the panel for episode 200, you, your dumbass on episode 200, Please let me know on the Patreon. I've gotten a decent response. Not all of you will make it. December 12th, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Hit me up. You and your dumbass could be on it. All right, you've been asking me for a deep dive. You, the listeners. I recently shot a movie, and one of the stars of the movie was Gil Adams. He's... Been on a ton of things. He's been on the Bernie Mac show. He's been on Scrubs, Glee, Modern Family, iCarly, Corden, the Eric Andre show. And as Kurt Savage on the morning show, you've seen his face. I liked him immediately on set. Then I found out he's also a working clown. As Gilly the Clown, he's performed at thousands of, I think like 5,000 parties. He's also working on a documentary called American Clown, and I asked him so much about it on set that I thought it was time for a deep dive on clowns. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Gil Adams. Hey, Mike. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for... Look at that room behind you. Hell yeah. We call this the clown house. This is like my mother. It's like the mother-in-law house of our house. You know, it's like the, it was probably a garage at one point. So I come around here. I'll just give you the full tour. Yeah. Here's our, because people on podcasts love to just to hear shit they can't see. <laughs> um, those are all my clown shoes. Holy I got shit. way too many clown shoes. That's right there. Those clown hats up in there. Wow. The treadmill that I got during the coronavirus. And these are all my costumes costumes little headed characters up there and then he's a mother kind of sort of clown costumes i right love there. this clown hats up in there and then you know i got sort of the obligatory sort of a uh, record player stuff like instruments couch to sit in this is basically where you know i i come and I, i'm married you know as you are so this is where i come and say well, i could live here you know like three times a week <laughs> I get that out here. <laughs> Do you collect uh, clown paraphernalia or like uh, or historical stuff or no? Um, I, I do. I do. I used to do it a lot. And then, you know, if you're on a set or let me close the door here in the garbage truck, uh, I, um, you know, they'll, I'll have like a, you know, I'll ask for the costume, you know, or I'll say, hey, will you send me the costume or, you know, so I get a lot of stuff like on the job. And I'm I have I'm a, as my wife would say, a prolific spender. So over the years, I have bought a lot of stuff, um, like clown shoes. If I used to just, you know, have a couple drinks and get on eBay, and if I saw clown shoes that were like at all, you know, that looked like vintage, I bought them, bought a bit on them, bought them, you know. And and at the beginning, like to wear or to have, yeah, the rare. Well, it's rare to see something. No, to wear like, or to have, to wear, to like, to, like, for you, our own personal user. Well, both. To... Like, yeah, like, oh, that's a good character that could wear that. I mean, uh, okay. you know, bit, but I think it's often like, you know, it's, it's like owning jeans, right? We probably, the typical person has five to 10 pairs of jeans. Uh, maybe that's a lot. It's a lot of but jeans. you wear two. You wear two, you know? Oh, okay. Got, like, yeah. Pairs, like shoes, but then you kind of just rotate in and out too, because you don't want to scuff the other ones up. You love them too much. 
you know, or you're like, oh, I'm going to really wear those shoes soon. i got to love those shoes, you know. So, so I'm going to be focused on this number of jeans for the rest of the hour. So I'm going to get this out of my system. I, I, I think I do have like, I'm too fat for those now. Like, yeah. can I, can I add those into the 10? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I finally got rid of clothes that like, that, that are just too tight or that like, oh, once I skinny up a little bit, I'll wear this in. Because if you were lucky enough to skinny up, it's going to it's because you were super disciplined and you're going to buy some new jeans, dude. You're going to buy some new jeans. So get rid of the old ones, you know? That's so true. You're going to be, you're going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to want the old. No, you're going to be like, finally, I can fit into that old pair of jeans that I had eight years ago. You'll be like, no, man, I'll buy a new jean. I lost two inches, you know, or whatever you say. Yeah. You know? um, first question for you. I, What you and I do is technically on paper. I think the lay person would say it's very similar. They do the same thing, but functionally... I have to admit, like, I know I have an idea of what a clown does because I've I was a child and then I was an adult and I've seen them the entire time. Um, So I want to get into that. But uh, for you personally, did acting or clown um, clowning come first or were they how did that work for you? I think it kind of came hand in hand, to be honest. It was like something like it was. You know, as an entertainer, you immediately, like for you, a stand-up comic or someone that says, hey, I'm, I'm a comic, you know, you learn that you're funny, you know? And so you're like, okay, well, I make people laugh. And so I'm going to lead with that. I'm going to lead with making them laugh or with my, you know, deprecating humor, whatever. And then, and then, but then I want to get into some roles. So I'm going to kind of fill those type of roles. So I think what happened is I was a diver, like a springboard diver in college. And then I kind of quit early in my career in college because I've been doing it as a younger kid and I just kind of soured out you know I think I, I was with people that I did not feel were my tribe and um and there's like a divers. lot of swimmers dive well s- swimmers too so divers are all on a swimming team and I love the guys I still love them I mean, they're, they're they're nice dudes but they just were not of my tribe and then I did a play at that time um with Diablo Mundo this was in Tennessee University of Tennessee in Knoxville and uh and it was just like this really cool group of guys and they were like and we were sitting one night having dinner and they were just like taking over the restaurant like actors in a production do you know probably pissing off everybody and singing songs and drinking wine and I thought this is more my tribe and I they speak broken English you know like this is like more my people than all these athletes so I got out of that and I was paying out of state tuition as a diver. I, 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 I applied to University of Texas, which is where I'm from in Texas. And so I got into that. I got into that school. Now, the first year, nothing transfers over if you're a transfer student. And so you're kind of like stuck taking a lot of kind of classes that you don't need or you have to retake or whatever else. Um, so in any case, I, I didn't really have anything. When I auditioned for the BFA program at University of Texas as an actor, but had real no training um, as an actor, I didn't do high school theater. I was too busy being a jock. I kind of led with what I thought I did well and what I could do well is I could like move, you know, I could, I could do flips on the ground. You're at an that athlete. Age. Yeah. So, so I was like, wait, so you kind of lead with like your best skill, you know? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how I got into Johnny it. So, Weissmuller. <laughs> who said Johnny Weissmuller? <laughs> He's an Olympic swimmer who became Tarzan. Oh, did he really? Okay. Right on. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Right. He's, and swimmers get those long lines and long bodies and upper body strength. And, you know, so, um, so that's kind of, so to say, did I become an actor or like, I got, I got into acting through watching the Marx brothers and Charlie Chaplin and all these very physical comedians. And that's kind of what got me like, like, Oh, I, I can maybe do this, you know, like, Oh, this is, it's enough to kind of emulate. And that was much more easier than being like a song and dance man, like Hugh Jackman or something like, like I just, <laughs> ah, it's not, that's not quite me. That's not my entry point. This is my entry point. So it's tough to say. And when I moved out to L.A., um, I became like, I, you know, there's, oh, you got to have your weeks free, man, if you get auditions. I didn't have any auditions at that point, but I, I took that to heart. You know, like you have to have your weeks free. So I was looking for weekend employment. And that's when I found a lot of, you know, character companies that do yeah. kids parties, that sort of stuff. And that's when I started doing that, you know, and that was like and then and I didn't like being Pikachu's and. Elmo's because you get kind of kicked in the balls and stuff. Um, and it just was, was very, uh, it was very disheartening. For people who don't know what that is, like they hire out actors to put on costumes and show up to people's 
birthday parties and stuff and portray yeah. those things. Yeah. Portray these characters, you know, so you got to take the squeaky voice or whatever, but you're, you know, and in Southern California is pretty nice as you know, but you know, it's still hot sometimes, you oh know, or God. older. You've got this massive costume that you had to pick up from Manhattan beach and you got to return it on Sunday after doing the shows. And I was just making a small yeah. sort of stipend of what the, of what the pay was. You know, I would get, the the 180 or whatever it was and i would take 50 bucks and then i would give my boss the 130 and then i was like oh this sucks i don't and all i like is doing clowns and then when i was doing the clown i thought like well this is more me i'm not borrowing the costume and so it was easy to start kind of like learning on the job you know i started doing my own i made my own cards i bought my own tunnel i bought my own parachute these things i have my own balloons and you know you start building up kind of what this sort of you know, the, your uh, arsenal is, you know, when you're doing kids parties. Yeah. And, uh, and I started kind of just making my own company. And that was, went from Clowns for Hire to Los Angeles Clown. And that was right around the Internet, the advent of all that stuff. And people were not advertising the Yellow Pages anymore. Like, I was a Clowns for Hire for a long time. I sold ads into the Yellow Pages in Chicago. That was my job. Did you? Oh, my God. Yeah, so you, I mean, it's, but it was like, in, so you had to have a company name that that would track well, right? You wouldn't want to be Tommy the Clown because you'd already go through all these other clowns if they're looking for clown. I mean, now Tommy the Clown is obviously uh, he, he's a work, he's a he's the the crunk clown out here in L.A. So people know who he is. Yeah. Um. But uh. But you know, you wouldn't want to do Zeppo the Clown wouldn't be good because you're a Z. It's going to start alphabetically, you know. Um. Zeppo the Clown is also kind of one of the brothers of the Marx Brothers. I'm, I'm coming up with horrible examples. But, but it starts with a Z, and your point is that they yeah, alphabetize right. the it, names under clowns or it, entertainment in whatever category you were in in the yellow pages. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, baby, so if I you was, want to know anything about those yellow pages, you're talking to the right guy. Baby, I had no idea. I wish I knew you 20 years ago. Um, uh, so <laughs> A, clowns for hire. Then, and at one point when you know the internet's all of a sudden kind of going at full steam now, and um, – and then and I, I see just one day I go on the internet and I'm like and I go, Oh, it's clowns for hire taken dot com because I had clowns dash for dash hire. And then I looked on the internet and it's just it's like clowns for hire.com, a database for clowns. And the guy is like his database is and he's in Dallas and he's created this database. And so I call him and say, Hey, I really want to be on this database, but I can't figure out how to get on it because I'm the same company name. And I figured that you might object to that. He's like, Well, I definitely object to that. So like, okay, well, well, uh, what do I do? And he's like, well, you live where you live, Los Angeles? He's like, well, why don't you be like Los Angeles clown or something, right? I mean, you're not going to go to Orange County for a clown or Riverside. And it was just like the best advice somebody could have given me at that point because I was like, oh, oh, yeah, let me check. And, of course, I looked online and nobody had taken Los Angeles clown at that point. So wow, I just jumped on it, you know. How did you um, know you were doing it right? Or how did you – like how were you sure – like had you worked with enough – like parties as a clown to kind of be like, I know my act, this is what I'm doing. Like, how did you, how did you know that it was the right thing? Or did well, it evolve? I, you know, I, I guess it's always been such a hand to mouth thing. And I've, I've always done it in addition to being an actor. Right. So like ever I, you know, I, like I've, you know, as you know, I've had some great years as an actor. I've had some not so great years. Typically any income that I get that is cash is cash cash is king you know so i can i can usually there's a I, i'm in a couple position to make adjustments and i don't have a lot of overhead flying out of the you know like i, I don't have like i i used to do print ads and stuff and i was just like oh i don't want to do that and i get called by yelp like every other yeah. day and i'm like i don't ever i'm on yelp but I, don't, I just i don't spend any money advertising because of the name i probably could yeah. but i'm also such a niche business as just a clown like I don't want to do pirate parties, or I don't want to do princess party. I'm not. I'm not looking to be like a clown pimp, you know. I'm just like I'm specifically doing shows that I want to do. I'm going to hire you as a clown pimp. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't do that show, usually I have maybe one person I can call and I can say, "Dude, can you take this over for me?" Or you know, but I, I've really gotten to the point in my life where, and you know, maybe it's a detriment to me, but this is it's over to the company, but this is kind of a means to an end because I'm an actor. I'm an entertainer. I, I just, I'm also a clown. So, um, I, a couple of years ago, I thought like, you know what? I want to be like the most expensive clown you can get in LA. That's kind of my goal. Not, not the most prolific, just the most expensive. How many possible. clowns working clowns are in 
greater Los Angeles in the 30 mile zone? Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. Thousands. Okay. Yeah. Does I mean, it... I probably only know a handful of those and, you know, and, and, I, and a handful that I, you know, God would even, or I, and probably even less than that, would I consider a friend. Um, not that I think the other people are like jerks, but you know, right. It's some of us get along more than others, you know, some of us. Now I looked at your IMDb where I do have a photo now. I saw that. I was so encouraged for you. It's all married there. Yeah, I did. Uh, I took your advice and I got it. I, I made a I made an email and they said, you betcha, sir. Um, I, I've seen on your IMDb that you play a clown in a lot of things. Is that just an agent thing where it's just like, hey, you do this. You should go out for this. Or do they know you? Are you auditioning for th- these things as yourself or as a clown? How does that work? I've been at auditions where it's like two different fucking stilt walkers are at Allison Horn casting and they like know each other. Is it like that or is it how does that work? I think it's a combination of the two. Right. So I, I, I definitely I have in my actors access or my casting frontier or casting networks, or whatever is now okay. I have clown pictures. So something comes on the commercial side, they would submit me for it. But potentially um, you know, a lot of people would just call me directly or casting would say, hey, clowns in Los Angeles, we want to find the real deal. And then maybe they'd find me there. Like I've definitely in fact, the reason really a clown evolution that I have is really uh, partly um, to blame because my friend Laffy Pants, who is a clown out here as well. It's a great name. One day somebody called me and they said I didn't have any pictures of me kind of more done up. I had like a lot of like kind of kid friendlier pictures. But they called me. It was for um, what was it for? For, uh, for like a breakfast place, like it was IHOP, and um, and they were like, "Hey, we're looking for clowns for this IHOP commercial." And I was like, "Oh, uh, you know, oh, um, I, you know, I, I think I know what you're looking for. And I don't think I have that picture for that. This is early in my career, so I said, "Oh, but my buddy Laffy, and you know, so I sent them his number and his contact, and his website was up. God, it's I, it's you know, and and so he." put his picture there and he's more of an august clown so you see some skin tones it's very much ringling brothers looking it's not a white face it's not a tramp but it's august that's like a kind of a, a, a lou jacobs of that time it's a little kid friendlier just because um you see flesh tones you know and it's not just like it's, boom a big white it's face. cookie not bozo it's a what it's a cookie not bozo cookie right, is right. bozo's uh sidekick Oh, yes. Yes. I think. Yes. I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of more you can see more of the person beneath it a little bit. Um, Any case. And then he, you know, I guess a couple months later, we were not as fast friends. Then we kind of more acquaintances. Uh, We become really good friends. But he was like, hey, uh, hey, thanks, man, for that IHOP commercial, dude, that maybe like 25 grand. I was just like, oh, my God. Okay, so I need pictures. I need pictures. I should not be giving out work when, like, that's definitely within my field of, of you know. It was just, it was, just, it was a good lesson, you know. That I thought, like, okay, they so they didn't go through casting at all. They went through me, and then I referred Laffy. You know, um, oftentimes they will go through casting. Oftentimes uh, they won't. You know, it's just, it's just, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah. So I think I say half and half. Really, I say half and half and half and half. A lot of it's referrals. I just referred my buddy. Uh, just, I hope he booked it. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not I'm curious what the project is. Cause it sounds like a little bit of a reboot of the McDonald land characters. And I do have some history with Ronald. So I'm curious if they're going to, if they're campaigning like that, but it sounded a little hamburger to me, but they wanted a specific actor that was five foot. Um, and that was a clown. And so they called my company and said, Hey, we were looking for like a five foot clown. I was like, God, I mean, I never want to be five foot, but for this exact instant, I kind of do. Um, because it was like one of these commercials coming directly to me. I feel like my odds are greater when that happens. You know, I, I can, I, I can glad hand differently than just being in a casting office. Um, and they're looking for a specific clown, you know, often in the casting, the only thing that you don't know when a casting, if they're looking for a clown is that they could actually be looking just for an actor who's going to wear a clown uniform. You know, if they're calling you looking for a clown, that means they want the skill set that a clown has, you know, because there's, there's a lot of times people can book stuff and be a clown, but they're not a clown. They're just an actor dressed up as a clown. I mean, John Favreau is a perfect example. <laughs> he was the clown in Seinfeld. 
Um, he's gone on to do uh, other things, as you know, including be director of Iron Man and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and DeLorean. But, so I imagine on that time when they cast him, I can't speak for John. I'm not friends with them. Although, John, if you're out there, I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, I imagine that John was an actor that they put in a clown uniform. They yeah. liked his performance. They're like, great, we'll make you into a clown. We don't, well, all we need is your kind of attitude. We don't need you to like juggle or do anything. So, um, anyway, so this guy from McDonald land, my friend Billy, I said, Oh, I know somebody that I think that's five feet. And then I call him, he's like, I'm five two. And I said, It's five two, okay. And they're like, Yeah, I'll put me in contact with him. So, listen, uh, that's a, a lot like Laffy. I hope that works out for him. I could never have done that. I can't make myself, I can't dwarf myself into five feet, but, um, I'm happy. That if he could book that job, like awesome, because you know all, uh, you know what is that? Like a, a strong tide rises all boats, right. or whatever. Right. I believe helping anybody out. You know. How did you choose? You mentioned a ghost and whiteface and tramp. How did you choose which one uh, you were gonna lead with? You know, I I've only now I just did a party yesterday where I put my ghost face on and I tried something different. Um, now typically don't do that for kids parties, but the dad was very much like, oh man, I'd really like you to wear some makeup. I really want them to have a full clown experience. And I was just like, sure, why not? It's a Monday. Who cares? Um, and so I tried to do something different. So I feel like I started with a white face because I was working as a white face clown for an organization that, um, that, uh, that, that sells billions and billions of burgers. And so all I could do at that point was, um, I, I just, I altered the makeup, you know, to kind of fit my own. Like I'd gotten comfortable putting white face on. And so then I started to make different eyebrows and made my mouth. Like I just, I just slightly cheated a little bit to yeah. make it look different. And I really. Which is what I, that, that clown supposedly is just reworked Bozo from Willard Scott. A little bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he was, yeah. Willard actually was the sort of the OG of, of that character. Um, and yeah, it was a little bit reworked, you know. He never wore a prosthetic nose. It was always a, a little red nose right here and then the lip. So I and I always wore like a kind of a bigger nose. Yeah. Um, I got comfortable with it. And honestly, I think sometimes because I see a lot of clowns if I go into a casting and I see some August clowns, because August is very popular. Anyone that went to the circus is most likely if they worked at Ringling Brothers or if they were trained there, they're most likely an August clown. Why is I, that? I know that I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's that's kind of the Ringling Brothers look. I, I've heard there's white face clowns, but a white face clown is considered a boss clown. Yeah, I was going to ask you so, the difference just for people listening. It's slightly higher status. So a boss clown, or, or you know, a, a kind of like a, a number one, or you know, he, he's a he's a one, meaning, you know, the orders trickle from him. You know, you can be a white face clown, maybe not the boss clown. The buck stops boss with clown. the white face. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's just he's the smartest. And then you get down to like the August, who's a little bit kind of in between, and then maybe the, the tramp or whatever, you know, the sort of the complete stupino clown is just like the dumb of the dumb. Um, and they can be August as well. So I, I like the white face clown, and I think often, you know, a part of what casting likes. And so it's, I'm already kind of like one of the minority if I go to an audition. Most clowns won't be white face, they'll be um, August or they'll be some other sort of. Is a know, white face less like comedic then like or like is it... i think it's, i think it's more comedic for me and i think in and we have a major trope in like crusty that has a like he's a white face clown yeah. i mean even to the point where like his face never leaves um uh he and i think people you know that show's been around i mean well just you know for 30 something years yeah. i think it's really seared something into the head of a lot of our generation saying that like that's that's the clown i want a clown that's kind of on okay you know, like, I, I always like to say my clown is a little bit like superman on his day off like he's in like he's in the suit he's got the cape on but he's walking over to get some coffee you know and he's just kind of like oh man i you know i really hope really hope they don't call me in today so I most not- famous white face is, uh in popular culture crusty ronald Bozo. Bozo. And then most Probably. famous Auguste is... You'd have to go back to the circus. You'd the have circus. to be like... Luke. Yeah. You'd have to go into... Like, you'd have to go back into that. So yeah. I, I don't... They, it'd be hard. Like, I think I think you're right. I think you, you hit on something here. We, as the American public, 
you know, Pennywise too. Pennywise has a white face. It's a white face. Yeah. Okay. So we think white face when we think clowns. Yeah. You know, now more more of that right now is going to be the horror clown genre. The horror clowns are kind of um, the ambassadors of our clowning world today because Ringling Brothers is not around. You know, you don't see the August face clowns. Right. So that's a problem for clowning in general. But, you know, and I'm not quite sure how to solve that, to be honest. There were in the seventies, I read there was like a, a like a renaissance of circus that wasn't that was like it what was old as new again. So I'm sure it could be done. You mentioned the um oh, the evil clowns, and you said something so funny on set because people are always asking you about evil clowns, and you're just like Jesus Christ, they're not clowns. Will you talk about that? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I say you know. So there's something that happened in Southern California in 2017, and it was like, you know, I would, they, it was really not because I'm a clown company. So people would call me and they say, "Hey, we want to kill our clown." So what, it, it started in England, right? There was all these clowns that were like in manholes and like at weird playgrounds and stuff, and it was a story that kind of got sensationalized and kind of took over. Then everyone starts reporting, you know, all these. It was right before Halloween. People speculated that maybe this was partly to do with a, a movie premiere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe drumming up interest for it or whatever. But then, you know, then the news had this other big story. is like, you know, killer clowns are coming to Southern California. It was just like such a weird thing. It's like, what? Killer clowns? Are... And I just like, dude, if I was a 17 year old with any money at all to go buy a latex, I would go buy it. You know, like yeah. you're, you're feeding this story, you know, like it's just, it was insane to me. And I, and I, so I thought, you know, these people are not clowns necessarily. I mean, I'm not so potentially they could be, but you know, you're not seeing like a clown in like some weird playground area juggling or playing the ukulele. You're seeing some dude in a mask and a costume just stand there like an idiot. And it, it just, it really bugged me that like people yeah. were calling people clowns instead of saying something like a man dressed up as a clown. Yeah, you're, like, they're dressed honestly, as clowns. Yeah, yeah, what it is like? It, it's a man dressed up as a clown. You wouldn't say, you know, if somebody pulled you over and it was and it was like a guy in a cop costume, you would say there was a guy in a cop costume right. that pulled me over. Right, he tried to pretend he was a real cop. You wouldn't say, yeah, that cop pulled me over. Was he real? I don't know if he's real or not, but he definitely pulled me over. You know, that's that cop. Man, cops are bad. I told you, cops suck. This cop came to the door. Then somebody pushed a boombox, started stripping. What are cops doing? That's a, that's a weird guy. What, what's going on with cops? Are they not paying them enough? I'm worried about cops out there. This cop has got to like do a side job as a as a as a complaint. I just man, cops. Dude. It made me Can't laugh so hard because I kept thinking of like, what do you like? You meet a librarian and you're like, what do you think of all these uh, sexy librarians, like <laughs> sexy nurses? Like you could do that. It's the, it's got to be the only job where people dress like it. And they're like, these are these are clowns. These are what clowns are now. They're legitimate clowns. And it, and it was just, but it was always latex masks, you know. So it wasn't even like a clown. It's not somebody putting on their own makeup or anything. It's literally a latex mask in like a onesie, you know. <laughs> it bugged me. It bugged me because they would. I, I me get it. Would, they would say like, "Oh, hey, what do you think about this?" And you know, I feel I feel like what the shot that they wanted was like. Was like me and my clown wife and my little dog all looking all sad <laughs> and being like, they have to understand this is destroying our livelihood. Like, that's what they wanted me to say. And I was just like, fuck those clowns. Fuck them all. I fucking hate them, you know? Like, they're not even clowns. Let's talk about that. They're just fucking kids because you keep selling this stupid ass story, <laughs> you know? They go up to like counts. What do you think about all these vampire counts? <laughs> What's the deal with these counts? Is that accounts are out of control. I bet yeah, so counts I do have a problem with that. There's so many vampires. There's two famous vampire counts. One is on Sesame Street. You've known him your whole life. <laughs> Count Von Count. I know, yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. his full name? That's fun. <laughs> I think it's Count Von Count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are there any other misconceptions about being a clown that people ask you? This fascinates me because... I get asked about hecklers. I get asked about all kinds of things. You must get asked um, insane things because this is a thing that people, like I said, people think they know but probably do not know. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes that I'll get, and I don't know if this is completely 
Okay, I'll say a good question. See, people are like, oh, hey, are you a happy clown or a sad clown? Like, fucking sad clown, dude. All clowns are fucking sad. Why do you think we're clowns? Like, it's just like, like that's a dumb question. Like, what What do you, we're all sad. Every, I mean, no, it's so, and I don't know, you know, I do think, and, and I, I've thought a lot about this, you know, because clowns, we we share a dressing room with comedians, you know, it's figuratively and, and maybe literally. So there's a darkness that permeates anyone that's funny. The funnier they are, I imagine the fucking more hurt they are. And like, like, like I'm legit, like when someone is like fucking off the walls, hilarious. Robin Williams. Like I, they're a dark, dark person. They're dark. Yeah. They're fucking my funniest people I've ever known are like, like watch yourself. 100%. You're gonna get hurt, they're going to get, they're going to get hurt. You know, 100%. Just because they're so funny. They, yeah. they, they use this arm, their prey. Um, so I, I do think that there is something about, uh, uh, finding humor in dire situations that both comedians and clowns do. So I think that we all, we all kind of drift to sad, you know, that, that there's, we, we're trying to make ourselves, we're trying to make up for the sadness that we feel in our lives. Yeah. No one's ever asked me if I was a happy comedian or a sad comedian. (laughs) And I don't even know how I would answer that. (laughs) I mean, I probably, I'm not happy. I'm not, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think the answer is happy. You, <laughs> you, I looked up some of the history of clowns and like the roles that they've. It's fascinating to me. Um, the stuff that I found, um, and I do think it's funny that people are like, don't like right now in this 2022 era. They say to comedians all the time, "Don't punch down," which I agree with, but it, which makes it extra funny that clowns. It came from literally making fun of poor people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the red nose is drunk in that, yeah. like, like that sort of thing. So I found that that was pretty fascinating. Also like the tramp. And... Think, so there was a guy that's pretty, pretty famous, Emmett Kelly. And he was uh, a tramp clown. In fact, he was kind of the original, his name, uh, he used to draw these paintings. He was, as I understand it, um, actually like an acrobat or a tightrope or something like that. But, uh, he got injured, and he would do these paintings all the time. These weary willies, which was kind of, which I believe, which was was his character. But at the time, you know, it was always uh, me, uh, at the time it was always um, uh, it was in the twenties. So you saw a lot of people that were that were down on their luck, the depression era. Yeah, you know, they saw possibly. I mean, I wasn't alive then, but possibly what they saw was um, something reflected in the art that they personally felt, you know, somebody just very downtrodden down on their luck. So you had that in the twenties. Um, and, you know, any kind of ill shaven, that's the tramp clown that you see. And there's still very much is that that's used today, even though I don't know how politically correct it is or, or what. So then you, you know, you march on and you've got a lot of, you know, I think part of the reason why we are where we are is you had a lot of clowns in the fifties and the sixties being, um, you know, and I think this is an important piece of history that I wasn't around for, but that that I think is real, real literal. Children's entertainment was largely a lot of these types of clowns. So it's not it's not any mystery. Like Jack in the Box had their own clown. Uh, 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 you know, I, like I've got an old record here that has like a, a, a Jack and, and it has all these, you know, luminous actors kind of being the other characters. Oh. You know, Ron, obviously Ronald McDonald. He starts taking off. Yeah. Uh, Bur- you had the king so you have all these things which are basically just stooges for corporate for you know for for corporate corporate sales yeah i mean ronald is selling hamburgers and doing that in fact it wasn't until like the 90s and early 2000 that really after supersize me they uh they pulled ronald away from the food you know and that was probably the beginning of the end that was like the like PETA getting involved at ringling brothers you know it's just yeah. like okay this yeah. is we're society's growing in a way that we can't, we can't be selling this to the children and the guys of like, it's good. And they, you know, I, I think as, as a company, they're doing as best they could. They got, you know, instead of fries, we're going to give fruit, blah, 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 blah. But the, the basic fact is kids don't need McDonald's every day, you know, if ever. Right. Um, um, and, and that's, I had McDonald's a couple days ago. I I, I love McDonald's. I had you know, it today. I'm <laughs> I love a Big Mac, but yeah. it should not be a staple for your child as they're growing up. You know, probably not. Yeah. And uh, so remember they, when they had a fun. smoking section? <laughs> they did. They did back in the day. Um, 
And, and so they took Ronald away from the food, you know, and now Ronald is largely gone other than like a Macy's Day parade or whatever else. So now what you see is the evolution. And this also happened in the 80s that this clown, instead of a corporate shill, is also becoming something even more nefarious, like kind of like like scary. And so you've got it. You've got strange stories like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, you've got and that are that are very sensational and taking the imagination of the consumer. And so now. You know, so all these other sort of like the the circus and that stuff because of the animals and, you know, has all been kind of stripped away. It's become an insult for that, like Gen Z calls each other is like, you know. Yeah, or just people call all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed what's going on in politics lately. I haven't really been paying attention, but they're constantly calling people clowns constantly, you know, and I don't see red noses on them. I don't see them juggling, you know, so it's, it's become kind of this disparaging comment, which. You know, I, I kind of I get I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. No, this you is know? the this is the best time because uh, comedy, when it took a shit in the in the 90s, this is when this is the Phoenix will rise from the ashes type of thing. I, I, I do believe everything is cyclical. So this is this is your this is you're good. You're in a prime I, spot. I, I do think listen, in what we do and being a comic and being a, a clown and being an entertainer, there's a lot of survivorship that goes along with this. You just got to stay in it. You, you said stay. something that fucked me up on set. You were quoting somebody else, but they told you don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Like quit. Yeah. yeah my friend Mike, Mike Watford said that. And he was like, he's a working actor and he's had lean years and, and other years. He plays in a band. We have a lot of similarities, but he was like, you know, we were talking about, it. I was asking how his year was. And he was like, not great. And he's like, you know, but you know, just not going to do anything stupid. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, like quit. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's great. Yeah. You just can't quit, man. You know, I mean, how many times have you been in like a line and then and you're like, oh, my God, this fucking line, like a Costco or whatever. And they're like, you know, OK, fuck, I'm done with this line. I can't be behind this person. One more second. And then you go to the other line. And all of a sudden that line that you're in is like, doo, 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 yeah, doo. Jeez, yeah, God, yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. The time's going to go by anyway is what my wife said about uh, she went to grad school. I was like, I can't believe you're doing this. And she was like, the time's going to go by anyway. Like two years I could not have gone to grad school or two years I could have like a master's degree. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's true to take some courage, you know, and I think we're so easy to be. I mean, I think about that all the time just as for my toolbox, you know, I'm always like when I got here, I got here as a performer. What year did you in the 90s or in the I came here in 2000, 2000. And I just come out of like BFA at night. I graduated in 97. And so, you know, a lot of my friends at the time, maybe they didn't go to school or they weren't trained or whatever, but they were doing groundlings and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, eh, eh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to pay all that money. And I went to school. I was trained. And, you know, I didn't take that jump at that time. And so if there's any young viewers out here, go to a school like that. Go to a Upright Citizens Brigade or whatever, just for a couple of reasons. And I'll tell you why. One is you'll meet people and those people become your friends. And as they work, you will work as well. And at the very least, they'll be uh, uh, cooperative in play and they might even help you out. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Uh, secondly, when you do a school like that, even if you do several of them, casting knows where to put you. They know where to put you. They're like, oh, he's a groundlings guy. Oh, he's an upright citizens brigade buggy. Oh, he's like, you know, second city or whatever. You know, for me as a clown, I'm in a very small pile, but people don't always know where to put me. They're like, ah, uh, oh, he's a clown. I mean, I don't, we don't have any clowns here. <laughs> I wish I had a clown. I'd cast the guy, but I don't have any clown. So I think just for that reason alone, and the reason why I'm telling you this story now is in, in regards to what your wife is saying, it's true, right? The, the five years I've been lamenting telling the same exact story, I could have been a groundlings already. I could have taken it, you know? I could have done so. I mean, I've got young kids. Yeah. I don't know how time. I've got enough friends. I just, you know, but I would like the skill set. I would like the skill set, you know, just because I could be better at that. I could be a little more yeah. yes and. My yeah. first instinct, like, no, what? Like, you know, my, I'm more of a no what? No. Wait, what? What'd you say? You yeah, know, they'll I get could just, <laughs> yeah. I could be more ingrained to be a yes and, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be a no butter. Come on. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's Gil Adams. Please click follow. There's still more show. But if you want video of this conversation, if you want to see video of every panel since March of 2020, 
and you're not some sort of freeloading cheapskate, that is on the show's Patreon. We've been doing a lot on the Patreon. You can just go there if you want to help the show. And again, thank you to the patrons. You keep the show going. That's also where you go if you want to be on episode 200, patreon.com forward slash brido b-r-i-d-o patreon.com slash brido okay we'll get right back to the show after a brief word from our sponsors what is the best way to handle the streaming wars judge all the content against each other the buffer battle podcast does just that joel and tony are former radio co-hosts who pit two relevant pieces of content against each other every week to determine the winner of the week from documentaries to dumb sitcoms, these two will help you decide who wins. And at the end of each month, they throw it all into a no-holds-bars cage match to see who wins the month. Often joined by special guests, including your boy Brido, to help decide the winners, tournament style. These guys have fun making fun of themselves and keep their passions for film and TV alive during this podcast. Tony's a film nerd, Joel is a music geek, and they aren't shy about their opinions. Listen to the Buffer Battle Podcast anywhere you download your podcast. I'm Mike Bridenstine, and I have listened to None Taken. The ad we've been doing for like two years on Brido's show, it's all based on an inside joke on our show, but it's for listeners that haven't listened oh. to our show yet. Okay. So the joke yeah. is we always start our show with, you know, somebody as listened. a guest and yeah, and I've never listened to None Taken. And, right. and they're so, not going to get that. No, they've never got that. What an annoying commercial. <laughs> what a waste of time. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Neither of us did. <laughs> and then the whole thing ends with these guys fuck, which was like something I said once at the end of a recording, like spastically, like impulsively. Oh, you're not supposed to say I still think anymore. that's funny. All I right. like it when the girl says it. I, I, uh, hi, Victoria. This is the best. This is welcome to None Taken. This is what None Taken is like. <laughs> Wait, did we just do an ad? Is that what you're telling me? I, I think that's what I'm going to send him, and who knows? I mean, he's played that for the last two years. Why wouldn't he play this? This is more like what our show is. Thank you, Dustin and Alan. Those guys fuck. Thank you, Dustin and Alan. You know what? I'm thankful for those guys fuck. Now, here's the thrilling conclusion of my conversation with Gil Adams. If you could have been a clown in any era, now that I think about it, is there a golden era that you were like, God, I wish I could have been around for for that? You know what, man? I, I have traveled a very unique road. Um, I, I would say now. I would say now because, you know, I, I had a friend who, and it was one of the nicest things. So I've always felt, I auditioned for Ringling Brothers in 97. Um, and it was like a fucking ordeal. I um, They were having auditions in Dallas. And uh, I was in Austin at the time. I had a DUI, so I couldn't drive. My car, my parents were so pissed off. I was like 21 or 22. It was my senior year to graduate. My parents were so irritated. They got that DUI in, in Louisiana, and rightly so. Uh, they took away my car, and then um, and I had to finish college. But I didn't have a car. But they're, okay, lo and behold, there's like this thing for Ringling Brothers are going to have these auditions. So like, shit, they're in Dallas. So this is Austin, Texas. I'm East Campus, and I say to my my uh, I lived in a small little, almost like a laundry room. I say to my front neighbor, who's like in the front house. There's like the house is divided up like four things, all you know, college kids. Yeah. And I was like, and his name is Cinco, and I was like, Cinco, man, <laughs> this is a big gas. <laughs> would you would you consider like driving me, or if I paid you for gas to to Dallas? Uh, two hours. Is that for this? It's four, four, four and a half uh, almost. God. And he's like. Uh, I was like, well, what is it for? And I was like, it's for this clown audition. He's like, clown audition? Hell yeah, man, I'll drive you there. Like, he wanted to see it. And then, you know, then the other neighbor got this idea, like, wait, where are you guys going? And it was honestly like all hands on deck. Clown audition, I'll go too. So they all drove me <laughs> to Dallas to this clown audition. And I didn't know really, I, I was told on the poster that I could prepare a monologue, which I felt comfortable with because now I was BFA trained or almost fully trained and, you know, I, I felt like I had more experience in my belt. I could sell my actor because I know, I already know I'm a clown. I already know I, I can do that. You know, um, uh, anyway, I get there, I get there late. We get a flat tire on the way to Dallas. We get it fixed. But anyway, I roll in 15 minutes late to this audition. And I, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, I think I have a natural uh, emotion when, when in a group of people and it's usually, it, it leans towards anger. I'm not sure what that is, but I think I, I'm not usually. <laughs> warm I, I come across a little more angry I'm like angry comic um 
And so I'm there and I'm probably a little, because I see right now, this is like a total stunt thing. It's like, it's all, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it's like housewives and stuff. Like, and there, no one's the, there's, I see one other guy, Ben Shave, who's in my class too, or didn't get in the Bay Fair program, but he's deaf. I know him. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's, oh, and that, that's a clown that, that, that guy could do it. I, I could do it. You know, anyway, I do it. Dick Monday's there. He tells me at the end to, um, I was like, I thought I could do a monologue. He's like, ah, oh, no, it's not going to happen. Why don't you send me a tape? Now, neat. Now I've I've understood after you know it's been like what twenty five years that they asked everybody to make a tape and to fill out the the uh, the application and stuff. And I just was so upset that I was being asked to do this, whatever you know. That I was like, ah, eh, you know, kind of like f you. You have no idea how hard it was to get up here. Anyway, I didn't do clown school that ninety seven. That's the last year they did it. I went on to do Summerstock, Grand Canyon, Shakespeare, and um, and I played Puck and I played Peter, and it kind of like that got me kind of into this thing. So the reason why I'm telling part of this story is between these two trails, I could have done clown school. I could have gone to, you know, and I did end up doing Shakespeare. Well, I find myself back to the same groups of people that are doing both because I get into the Troubadour theater company. When I move here, 2002, 2003 ish, uh, when I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm doing call, I'm doing uh, stuff, but I, I get with that company. I find out, Oh, I love this company. They do body sends up a Shakespeare, much of Doobie brothers about nothing. They were doing three dog night at that time. They did Romeo hall and Juliet Oates. Like it's just like right up my alley. It's music. It's clowning. It's Shakespeare. I love it all. And so I go there and I basically sweep the stages. They happen to be doing a show called funky punks and, um, and they all go to Australia to do uh, to promote another show, this three dog night they were doing. And all of a sudden, you know, this group of 20, there's six of them. And so I jump into the show and I become a Truby. Now, a lot of these guys were ringling trained, you know, in the same year that I would have gone. So it's funny that, you know, we'll find the path again. Yeah. But like, sometimes it was just, we take a different one to get back to the main path. So I felt like I didn't miss it. I, I missed the badge of honor. And people say, hey, you know, do you, um, were you, did you go to clown college? Right. I always have to, oh, I auditioned that year, but I didn't get in. Yeah. But I'm still a clown. I'm technically what they would call a Yama. Anyone uh, in Ringling Brothers uh, that, that says Yama clowns are uh, basically clowns. When you go to any city, somebody will come up to you, you know, if they're, they're like me or whatever, they've got a desire to do it or a passion. And they'll say to other clowns, Yama clown. But they're not like a big top clown. So they're kind of looked down upon, kind of like they're Yama clowns. Like, yeah, I'm a clown. So I'm technically a Yama. I like to think of myself as, you know, on the on the upper echelons of Yamas. Black belt Yama. A Yama. But that's what I that's what it is. It's like it's the Yama clown. But uh my friend in closing, my friend uh, uh Matt, who also went that year in ninety seven, Steve O went that year. A lot of people went that year. Matt Walker went that year, who started True Birth Theater Company. He told me something that I just that made me slightly feel better about it. This was like well into our relationship after ten years. I've worked with him a lot, doing Shakespeare and and then um and which we do like a you know body sends up of Shakespeare, but we drink the whole time. And he said, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure that you would have done well in clown college. You know, like I don't, I don't know if you, if you you know not needed it, but it might not have been good for you. You know, it might have like given you like like a presence of the. Uh, there's some stuff that's and he didn't elaborate, but I think what I extrapolated from that was that like they give you a a a a, a way of doing that, and they make that that's like the ringling way, you know. And a lot of ringling clowns don't go on to do other stuff. I mean, sometimes they do, and I, I definitely know some ringlings that are toms, but some do kids parties. But typically, if you do the big top, you're not doing kids parties. It's below you. You know, it's kind of like, ah, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do an open mic if I'm an established comedian. You oh. know, like, I'm just, but I think, and I learned a lot working with kids. I've done 4,000 kids parties. So I've learned like a lot just kind of on the job training. If I'm working, I'm making money. That's a lot, and I'm of, working. That's a lot of fucking parties. It's <laughs> a lot of fucking parties, man. I've been doing it for 20 years. So I thought that was just a really nice thing to say, you know, uh, just like, you know, I don't know if it would have, I'm sure it would be great. I wouldn't have done the Shakespeare early on. I might not have felt comfortable getting into Troubadour because I didn't have that Shakespeare element, you know, you know, I, so I, you know, I think you might sometimes feel like, Oh shit, I'm on a widely different path that, um, that I thought I would be, but you'll find that like, you know, if you just wait long enough, 
you'll kind of end up back where you should have been to begin with. Oh, you know, that's great. Yeah. What? Yeah. What makes a great clown? Well, I mean, having skills is always helpful. Like jugglings you know? and music or juggling, balloons or... massive skills. But then you also become kind of a. I think if I had to say one thing, if I had to just completely, I would say it's empathy. If I, if there's just one comment to you know that I could say, I think it'd be empathy. Because you have to be empathetic to the human condition and willing to kind of offer yourself as a sacrifice or offer yourself as a diversion to sort of the mundane and the maniacal and the, the machinations of life that we all suffer through, you know, that you have to be willing to kind of like perjure yourself. You have to be willing to like just to let it go, to let it go to all sort of like, you know, all humility, all ego. You got to like check your ego, you know, and I'm sometimes good at it sometimes not you know i i I, i'm with other people that are just uh you know there's a john gilkey does the idiot workshop out here he's fucking great yeah and he's just like he's he's just he's the deal you know and you know and i i guess there's part of me that wants to hold on to a little something like i'm willing to be as vulnerable as i can on any given day but there's still some areas that are like well i don't know if i can go there you know (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it's a real challenge. I mean, I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy. I was telling you on our shoot, you know, I could probably only do it as a clown just because I feel safe. You know, I was on, yeah. um, I was with uh, earlier in the year, I did, they interviewed Gilly the Clown and I did a thing with uh, uh, Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy, right, at the Largo. And, um, you know, I, I would have been shitting fucking bricks. I mean, I was already a little nervous. But I would, but I, I knew I had my clown to hide behind. I knew I could uh, be, you know. I knew I was in makeup. I knew that once I took it off, no one would know who the fuck I when was. When I moved here, I had glasses, a hat, and I had, and the beard was new, and I felt like I was hiding behind everything, and it helped me kind of like it was like a a binky to ease my way into LA. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think we, and I think we do that. It's almost like it's a, it's it's a Dumbo's feather, you know, which I don't know if you remember that he has this feather that. uh that uh, I guess the crows give him saying like, Hey, with, with no, it was the mouse that gives him and says, Hey, this will help you fly. And then when he's doing the little large bit at the end and he doesn't have the feather and he's just like, Oh fuck shit. I mean, he didn't say that, but he's just like, you know, <laughs> and then the mouse is like, you can't fly. That feather was a fraud, you know? And then you're like, oh, I can't, you know? And I, yeah. I think some, we just need that feather, you know, doesn't mean that we can't do it without it. So I work with another company with healthy humor and, um, and we work at hospitals and uh, I work at Loma Linda and I also work at Chalk and I've been working there for six years. And uh, we've done something. We have East Coasters that are pretty much kind of more, they tend to be a little bit bigger. You know, they have red noses and we have to wear masks now, of course, but they'll right. put the red nose mask and none of us really wear noses out here in Southern California, at least with healthy humor at Chalk. Well, Loma Linda wears a little bit um for the clown but, you know, doctors? Yeah, for the clown doctors. Like I just didn't need it. And part of it was like, you know, when I worked with Ronald, Ronald never had a nose. Right. Like he never had you would you cut out a nose on Ronald's face, but he never had a nose. So like you didn't need to kind of see it in there. And and it wasn't to me like I would say that's probably a Dumbo's feather for a lot of people. They're like, Oh, now I need the nose. That's how I know I'm a clown. Like I, I don't I don't really need that. I don't, I don't need the nose, you know, they phased Ronald out even for the hospital stuff. Like the Ronald McDonald house stuff is all gone. You know, I, I think that's on a a play per play sort of thing. Uh, Like I, I, in my years with, uh, uh, assisting Ronald, I definitely went to Loma Linda to Hollywood. I mean, everywhere, you know, to Bakersfield, we went everywhere, everywhere there's Ronald McDonald house, but I don't know what they do now. Um, it's RMHC or Ronald McDonald um, House Charities now. I don't even call it the Ronald McDonald House. I think they do if you're talking, but otherwise it's just like an acronym. That's interesting. Um, so I think, as I understand it, there are still somebody that works as Ronald's assistant, maybe a small group, and they call that kind of the uh, central program or something. But I I don't know. I, I don't see them. He's not visible like he was. But you uh. know what? He could come back. I mean, I think that stuff always comes back. I mean, I would not be overly surprised, but I don't think that field Ronald program will ever do what it did. Yeah. The field program used to go around to hospitals. It used to go around to schools. It would do shows and it probably worked for, 
I mean, for 40... as much like um, people are like, you're getting kids hooked on like poison, but it's also like, I mean, that's a good, it's a like undeniably good program, right? Or am I? Yeah, I, it was a little hidden secret that I think because I mean, I you have a major corporation, and you know, and this is one of their little things that they do, kind of is almost like a, you know, I I think once they broke that that a reliance with Ronald and the food. You really had just two separate things that uh, were competing against each other, and uh, and I don't know if it would have survived the pandemic. Honestly, I don't know if it would have. You know, all it would have, they would have just ceased it then. You know, instead they ceased it in 2017, and it, you could tell all the programs around the country were closing, and and it was just like, oh, okay, this is really happening here. Um, and they're like, ah, but Southern California would be okay, you know, and like, no, nope, they, they got everybody, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I just on one small thing, you would do these schools and I, I would go uh, with Ronald and, and assist him. And uh, you would do like schools, you know, like um, like almost like like areas up in the farm countries, kind of like towards Oxnard and stuff. And you do schools down in South Bay and you would do like all of these schools. And, and it really it would occur to me that this was the first live performance these oh. fourth graders ever seen. Yeah. I mean, ever seen. Yeah. This is the first live show that they have ever seen. These kids don't go to plays at the Amundsen. These kids aren't going to the Pantages to see no. Lion King. Yeah. They have, you know, they're watching TV, uh-huh. but this is live performance and not everybody is seeing that. So I think in a way they really took away something great. Yeah. That that doing. You know, and this and the same goes for Ronald would perform in stores all the time, and they took that away. You know, and I I know he's there for the owner operators. They're all paying. I mean, it wasn't like a lot of money a year. I mean, it's a, it's a really you know in, comparatively, some would use them, some wouldn't, some had no interest, some would use them. The ones that did use them really appreciated them. You know, and the kids would love them. I mean, loved them. You know, and and I think it was still all the food stuff aside right he was still a good ambassador for clowns in the world you know he just got tore down by you know the fact that the 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 reasons for him being there just in general were to celebrate i mean yeah we have an obesity crisis not the fault of like people in the clown costume necessarily and then i guess because uh this the symbol of McDonald's, so it became a symbol of like corporate America in a way. Yeah, and, and I think they had it had always been. They tried to make him exist outside of that. And listen, maybe he'll come back, and it'll be just I could see him free Ronald back. hashtag free Ronald baby. Free Ronald, yeah, I could see him coming back. You know, they've divorced him from the food. You know, Ronald. They some of these old times they used to love giving food to back. I mean, listen, I'm sure it was great. You've got people that that did that job for forty years, and you know it'd be really cool if you're going through the drive-through getting your egg McMuffin, and all of a sudden Ronald sneaks his head out and hands you a bag. Those were never my years. I never could get close to anything as far as you food said they life. were you called uh, Tom's. Why are they called Tom's? I think it's an acronym for Top of the Market. Top of the Market. What does that mean? Uh, just that there, he's the he's an ambassador. He's like the 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 CEO of Fun. Okay. Um, that he's just basically uh, he's above the fray, you know. He doesn't have any sort of real sexuality. He doesn't see color. He doesn't see, you know. He's just like above the fray. He doesn't, you know. There's nothing blue. Doesn't understand if people are yelling at him, you know. But people are burgling hamburgers, huh? There's a mayor. So there's politics involved. <laughs> well, yes, I was again. It just this program. I mean, it evolved like anything. It's this whole another separate podcast, you know. But um, <clears throat> I, I never had to deal with McDonald Land characters. Although there would be sometimes that there would be like a, a some poor seventeen year old in a grimace suit or a hamburger suit, like they did that if Ronald was visiting a store, just because they're having a big reopening or a, a rebranding or it's a new construction, you know. Yeah, one of the craziest uh, things that happened on set was I brought up how the fact that I helped out with a Ronald in West Branch, Iowa, and I like I threw the name out. Like it's insane to me that I threw the name out and you're like, "Yeah, I know Toby Kid." Like it, it it was 
it was just wild to me that you were like, yeah, he controls the uh, the Iowa market. Yeah. And I was just like, I had no idea like what was how big it was or how like if it if they were just everywhere, like no idea. And you knew the one guy that I had met and, and assisted. Yeah. I'm doing my podcast, guys. Um, I do know Toby Kidd and he would because he had a really, really large. I'll be done in a second, guys. He had a really, really large um market and he was not i mean the way you know i'm not going to put words in his mouth but he i i felt there was times when i felt like maybe he he could have used a little more support um just because it was like huge i mean yeah you, some guys that have like there was one guy that's like san francisco like i was I, uh, how big is iowa from from line i mean it's four hours it's a big state hours. i mean yeah it's uh, uh six hours across maybe is it okay he's the only one there he's the only one there like we had four in southern california so he would I imagine that guy was in that car for, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you, you know, he'd have to like wake up, drive five hours, do a show, break down the show. I don't know if he had an assistant. I mean, if you did, that person's got to drive with him. It was five me hours. once. Right, right, right. That one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he also so, do stand up? So I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, he was, listen, he, that was his skill set. He was funny. He was, uh, He's a larger than life character. He had a big booming voice. Um, he was, uh, yeah. I mean, and I saw Toby in his, you know, I saw it at the end of the program in 2017. I think he was a 30 year guy at that point. Wow. Um, he's got a big yeah, he was beard a, now. I, I looked him up because of you and he's got a big beard. Yeah. Listen, I think there is a very big, uh, very, after that program ended, I see a lot of guys vying for Sam. I'll just say that a lot of guys have moved in. <laughs> the santa territory there you go i thought yeah. i've thought about how i could how i could transition into santa i did want to ask <laughs> you before you go uh what yeah. is american clown okay so american clown is a documentary that i'm working on that i have been working on it was um it, it's it's i had a clown i, I had or a friend a producer friend that was always asking me about you know about um you know, hey, we should uh, we document your life, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't think it's that interesting. You know, he's like, are you me kidding? You're a clown. You do all this fun stuff, and I was like, well, and then you know, I got kind of uh, we we got the hints that the Ronald program was ending, uh. and then I thought like, you know what? Whether we use this in the documentary or not, we should be filming this. So we started filming all that sort of the last shows that we had here in Southern California, at least of mine and stuff like that, and then um. It was at the same time that, like, the Ringling Brother closed. Like, 2017 was just a bad year for clowns. And so I just was kind of like – and then and, and the only clown ambassador you have is kind of uh, Pennywise. And you have, you know, these sort of horror clowns that you're kind of taking over everything. And I just thought, like, what's going on, man? Like, what, like And, oh, and then on the backdrop, we had this little thing called that. I don't know if you've been in coma for five years, but the Trump presidency. And uh, I just thought, like, what's going on? Like, well, like like what's going on? I I I need to get to the bottom. Like there's something with this. Even as I said earlier in the and podcast, the Astros won the World Series. And <laughs> what? There's something fishy. <laughs> um, I you know I just thought that there's something going on here, and I I just I, I I feel like this is a bigger story. So I started doing interviews and doing interviews with all the clowns that I knew. Interviews with the Ringling Brothers clowns, uh, as many Toms as I could. I interviewed Bozo. Um, I have an interview lined up, hopefully with David Arquette later this week, who just bought the rights to Bozo. That's this week? You're doing you're doing Arquette this week? I'm hoping. Open. Yeah. Fingers. So you know, um you know, we we, we I, I just I was like, I gotta I gotta get this. And the more that I uncovered it, because it started kind of with and I didn't want it to be too doom and gloom and like, ah, what's going on? Why is they're killing the clown? You know, I started seeing kind of another story of kind of resilience and just seeing kind of like like I just want to I want to try to cherry pick the kind of the good stuff that's happening right now. Cause there's still uh, uh health clowns and healthy humor, you know, is the makeup going away? Is clowning just kind of turning a corner, yeah. you know, is always going to be a place for <clears throat> white face clowns, but will they be kind of more genre clowns or, you know, like what exactly is happening? So I just really wanted to like flesh out the story with other minds that know more than I do. So I've just kind of been going around trying to pull his interviews together. And the hope is I'm going to go to New York in the not the, running running out of the fall, but probably early spring, and just to finish up the interviews. And That's this, fascinating, this. man. I hope that you do that, and uh, I think that would be great. I would I would watch that. I love stuff like that, and I mean, obviously, I'm asking about it, so I think that that sounds like really interesting, and I hope that you do it. 
Oh, well, I appreciate that. I'll keep you posted. I'll come back on and let you know how it goes. Please do it. Um, also, anything that you want to plug? Is it where do you want people to find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you know, Los Angeles Clown Company, Los Angeles Clown. I'm trying to build that more. Um, you can always visit YouTube and stuff. I've done a bunch of stuff. Uh, Gilly the Clown, and um, you know, I did just support your local clowns. You know, support. Uh, and if you haven't learned to juggle, try learning to juggle. Oh, you know? fun. Try finding a skill. Um, if you've always been interested in juggling, you're like, oh, no, I never learned to do it. I'll tell you, you start with one ball, you go to two balls, and we want to put that third ball in. Find yourself by a couch and put your knees into the couch and just juggle. And when you drop the balls, they'll fall into the couch. Pick them up again and juggle again. You know? Wow. Just do it. Yeah. Try three potatoes. You can't. Three potatoes are cheap. You can figure it out, you know? If there's one lesson that we should all take from this is that it's never too late. You can never too late to juggle. I'm never too late, man. You know, I I love I love the idea of taking piano in ten years and being like, God, I should have done this earlier. Time's gonna go by anyway. Time is gonna go by anyway. (laughs) Um, buddy, thank you for doing this. And uh, (laughs) when when uh, better than the shovel, I don't know if I can say. When uh, the thing that we're working on comes out, we'll be plugging it probably. But uh, thank you so much for doing this. This is this is fascinating to me. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thanks, Mike. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Later. Bye, buddy. Bye. Yeah, that's Gil Adams. I will tag him on Twitter if it still exists, and on Instagram. Give him a follow on social media. They say that word of mouth is the best form of advertising. If you like this show at all, please tell somebody. And thank you so much for listening. And again, happy Thanksgiving. R.I.P.